I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, 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 Ali. I'm so happy to have you on my show. This is the Brand Therapist Podcast, and I'm so, so excited. We're going to have some a lot of fun today. I'm also excited because of your background, so I'm going to go ahead and read your bio. So Ali Henry Martin is a visibility expert and owner of fame and fortune. She works with female entrepreneurs to elevate their brand and gain credibility and cash through proactive public relations in strategic social media. She formerly worked in public relations for Amazon, Altec, Kendra Scott, and International Spa Association. She's also produces and hosts the podcast Selfish, which I love that word. We should be more selfish. A show dedicated to self-care and following your dreams. She lives in Shelbyville, Kentucky with her husband, Brandon. So you don't live too far away. No. (laughs) Welcome, Allie. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Yamilka. I'm so excited to be here and, and excited for us to chat. So tell me what you do. Tell me a little bit about what you do. What's your business? Before we get started into the deeper questions. Yeah, so Fame and Fortune is an agency dedicated to increasing the visibility of female entrepreneurs online. So we do that primarily through two different methods, that strategic social media you mentioned and proactive public relations. And how I view these are strategic social media is really the act of being strategic with that messaging that you're putting out on social media. So not just check in the box to say we posted just to say we posted. We're actually really being thoughtful about the way that we are crafting our social media posts. And we are delivering a message that is going to convert those followers into customers. And then with the proactive public relations, we're not just responding to journalists that say, hey, I need a source here. I need a source here. We're creating the story, the message that we want to deliver to those journalists that we want to get published in those outlets. And then we are actively going out and pitching that message and that story to those journalists to inspire them to feature our clients. So I love that because you, more than anybody else, knows usually what journalists do is actually write their own stories, what they want to tell versus the story you want to tell. So tell us about that. How does that work behind the scenes? Journalists are either, I'm typically thinking like a a freelance journalist, they are either assigned pieces from their editor or from different sources that they write for, or they are going out and finding those stories that they want to tell themselves. So whenever we can insert ourselves into that narrative, into that process, we can sometimes influence how they are crafting those stories. So we can say things like, did you know this was a big deal? You know, for instance, I'm thinking of a client who wrote a book about her addiction to Adderall. It's not about her addiction to Adderall. It's about the crisis of Adderall addiction that's happening in this country and being able to bring awareness to those statistics. 
even having a doctor that's able to give background information and say, yes, this is a crisis among our young adult community. And so really when we can bring awareness to some of those topics that make those journalists go, wow, I had no idea. I need to tell this story. This is a story that's not being told anywhere else. That's when we really can catch their eye and capture their attention. And that's when they start to say, okay, tell me more. And I want to feature your clients. So yeah, that's definitely the approach we take. Oh, I love, love, love that. Now, Ali, we want to know more about you. And it wouldn't be a brand therapy session on my couch, as I call it, if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me just a memory you have about childhood and how it connects back to what you do today. It's so interesting that you say that because whenever I think about fame and fortune in general, I really am always brought back to my history of growing up doing musical theater from a very young child and thinking I was going to be on Broadway one day. And, you know, so I can always think about that perspective of I was always chasing the spotlight. And so now I'm chasing that spotlight for my clients. But specifically as a publicist, my sister and I still laugh about this because she is a very big introvert and could not even order her own meals when we would go to restaurants. She would have me do it for her. So she always says, you've been my spokesperson my whole life and I haven't had to pay you a dime to do it. So I think those are the two things that kind of stand out in my mind as far as like why I know I'm in the right place and why I'm doing what I should be doing. Oh, I love that. Love that story. It always comes back to our childhood, whether we like it or not. But, you know, how we're brought up, that environment, what we do, we're all such unique individuals. And really that defines a little bit of how we express ourselves as we get older. So love those stories. Love it. I'm glad you asked that. Those were fun to think about. Yeah. My other question is, and I know you won't be taken back by this question. A lot of my other guests are kind of like, what? explain to me exactly what you mean. But what is your particular fame story? You know, I think about fame and and whenever I am teaching this strategy and whenever I'm working with clients, I always talk about the publicity stair steps. So there's really three main fame tiers that I, I call them. And it's really this local level, industry level, and then all the way up to national level. So this idea that you can be famous on a local level within your local community, then you can be famous and recognizable in your industry, among your peers, and then finally to that national stage where you are a household name. People recognize who you are. I love to kind of think back to whenever I was starting Fame and Fortune, and I knew I was going to be asking people to trust me that I could get them in really big publications. You know, with publicity and media relations, it's one of those things, it's really hard to say, I'm going to get you X number of opportunities. There's people out there that say that for sure. But when you're being realistic about it, that it's not easy to say. So I pitched myself at the very beginning of starting my company, and I was able to be featured on the Rachel Ray Show on Anderson Cooper's 360. Wow. And featured in Forbes. So those to me are like, those are the three really big opportunities that I strove to achieve and was able to say, okay, I can now go back to my clients and say, I was able to get these. It's not impossible. And I can get you there too. Oh, I love that. Because 
once you find out, I guess there's always a method to the madness, right? And once you found out what that method is and how you do it for yourself, you can always do it for other people. It's not as hard, but I know a lot of people, when they tell their fame story, it's really about your accomplishments, right? About what you've done and what you do for others and how you serve this world. I think we tend to think about fame as a celebrity status. And fame is not just for celebrities. It's for anybody who wants to be known for what they do. And, you know, I definitely think that that tiered approach really speaks to exactly your point that you just made, because sometimes I work with clients where they only serve individuals in their local community. And it really doesn't benefit them to get press on a national stage or even in an industry stage. Of course, everybody loves, you know, being able to put those recognizable names on their website and say they were featured there. But at the end of the day, whenever we think about a business specifically, where are your customers and where are they spending time? If they're not spending time on these national media outlets, then that doesn't really serve us. So sometimes just being a local celebrity or a celebrity within our industry can be exactly what we're looking for and achieve achieve our goals. I love it. So tell me, what would you say is your personal brand? What is your personal brand all about? I am actually an adjunct professor at Midway University in public relations and social media. And so I think being a professor there has really led me to being a natural teacher. And I think that's really what my personal brand is because I love giving free value, whether it be on social media, my email list, in media interviews, where people can walk away from and and feel like they truly learned something and they can walk away being one step closer to their dreams and their goals. That is truly my goal. And so I hope that does come across in my personal brand that I really want to help others achieve that goal, whether they're a paying client or just a fan follower. I love that. It's so interesting. I also teach at the University of Louisville. I teach the MBA group. I teach something very unique and different, which is design thinking, like thinking like a designer and problem solving like a designer. And what I love is being able to talk to these younger people, although their MBAs are still very young, and talk to them and see, have them shift their perspective right? Have them look at a problem in a completely different way. Because what we tend to do is look at problems like we've looked at them in the past, like we look at them right now. What if we shift it 360 degrees and look at it from a different perspective? And I love to see the sparkle in their eye and how they're like, yeah, I understand what you're saying and how they create these ideas that are their ideas but just helping them shift that mindset. That's really what I do. I don't really see myself as a professor or anything like that, but I see myself as helping them shift the way that they see things in a totally new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So anyway, tell me, what is your greatest fear? Mm. I saw recently individuals that were at the end of their life being interviewed on what they regret or advice they would give to individuals that had many years ahead of them. And the majority of them said really soaking in those moments and enjoying that time. And when you think about 
the fears that we, you know, the common fears that a lot of, a lot of us have, I think a lot of it comes down to this idea of missing something and really whether it's something in the future or something in the past, but really this idea of enjoying the time we have now, the time we have on this earth and living it to its fullest so that we can look back and be proud of the time that we have spent and feel fulfilled in those moments that we had. Oh, I love that. And so with that fear in mind, is there a story about something that was holding you back, whether it was career-wise or life-wise that you can tell us? Yes, I definitely, I see this a lot with clients and I can even myself relate back to it and, and know that I was there once as well. It's this idea of people judging us and not stepping out into who we're meant to be, the dreams and the goals that are on our heart because of the fear we have of what others will think. And whenever I think about the podcast Selfish that you mentioned earlier, I've been doing that for seven years now. And I will say it actually encouraged me to do what I'm doing now because I knew I needed to start this podcast. But every time I would try to launch it, I would get this imposter syndrome in my head of, who are you to speak about self-care? You have this issue and this issue and you don't take enough time for yourself. And really embracing this idea of I'm learning along with you. And I'm not here to say I'm an expert, but I'm here to bring these conversations and topics to you. And then four years after launching it, being in the position to start Fame and Fortune, I was able to hear four years of individuals that have gone before and said, I started this company or I took a step out on my own. I was brave. And all of those inspire me to do the same. And so I think, especially when it comes to publicity and fame, I see this a lot. People go, well, I'm writing a book or I am going to launch this nonprofit or this business and I want attention. I want marketing and and publicity around it, but I don't know what people are going to think of me or, you know, I'm afraid to do these types of things. So, you know, I definitely think that's a common fear or a hurdle that a lot of people suffer with that hold them back from achieving their full potential. You hit it right on the nail with that one. <laughs> I, so many of my clients, you know, they get to a certain point and then they don't do anything with everything that they've spent all their money on. Yes. <laughs> Are you not going to put this out there? Are you, what are you doing? And it's the fear of being seen, being seen by other people. And it's interesting. I mean, like you said, it's happened to me too. It's not like I'm immune to it, but now that I'm in this business, I see it all the time. And it's so interesting how our family sometimes are the ones who are not supportive or are like, judging and telling us what are we doing and it like holds us back from giving our full potential and I think a lot of times you as an individual you have to be super brave to move forward with your dream and what you have what you want for yourself so I love that you said that because it's so so true and just acknowledging and being aware of it is like the first step to this and that's why I do mine like you were talking about why you do your podcast I do my podcast because I felt like with a lot of my clients, I have to do a lot of brand therapy. Like I have to help them understand why it's important, how you put yourself out there. Sometimes they get very emotional when they see things, managing that. 
And I thought understanding how other people see themselves and really go deep would be helpful to others in the industry to say, we can put ourselves out there because it, it's part of who we are. It's our purpose, right? And so yeah. I, I love what you're doing and that you're helping other people with that. So as I said before, we don't get to where we are on our own. There's a lot of mentors and guides and all these different people that help us. So tell me a story about a mentor or guy that you've had in your past that really has helped you kind of get through some of your challenges. I'm glad you asked this because recently I had the chance to kind of do the same type of deep dive into that story that I've gone through of working with mentors and getting to where I am today and was able to write a chapter that was a part of a collection of authors in a book. And the phrase that stuck out to me when in reflecting on all of the advice that I'd been given throughout my life was the one of a rising tide raises all ships. And I think this really goes back to the idea of there is no competition out there for us. We are only in competition with ourselves. And the fact that when we provide value out there into the world, we are only helping other people. We are only helping everyone else. And it is also helping us in return. And I think a lot of people get stuck into their heads of this idea of if they win, I lose. And I really think that advice of a rising tide, raising all ships gives that mentality in me that it's not about win or lose. It's really about win-win for everybody. And whatever I can put out there, it will only come back to me tenfold along with everyone else around me. Oh, I love that. That is so true. We were working with a client on her nonprofit and that was her premise. And so I understand that verse very well, that quote, because it's just beautiful. And I do agree with you. A lot of times we tend to think if I make money, they don't make money. If I don't make money, they make money. So it's like, it doesn't have anything to do with that. We all can rise together and we can all be amazing and all make money, right? So it's, I love that metaphor and I love the way that you described it. It just makes a lot of sense. So tell me what have been your challenges in creating? Cause you were, you know, at Amazon and you had worked at different companies. So some of your challenges doing your own business and going on your own. Even in my early 20s, thinking about a career, this idea of always being behind. And I think a lot of people can relate to that no matter where you are in your career, but comparing yourself to others, and that kind of speaks to what we were just talking about, but this idea that, oh, they got a promotion, so now I need to get a promotion, or they landed this client, so now I need to, to land two clients. So this this really, this competition and battle that really doesn't serve you at all. And you know, I think another challenge that kind of goes right along with that is this idea of not enjoying where you are. I know I personally found myself in this situation where I was always thinking 10 steps ahead. 
And I always thought that's what I had to do in order to get ahead or in order to work for the big brands like Amazon was to be thinking forward. But at the same time, I wasn't enjoying where I was or I wasn't enjoying the situation that I was in. And, you know, it kind of always robbed you of that joy that you got to experience from your current role. And I think a a lesson that's probably closest to my heart right now, just in the sense that I'm always having to remind myself of this and always having to teach myself this, but knowing that there are seasons in your business specifically, certainly seasons when you're working for somebody else, but when you own your own business, there are seasons of rest, seasons of growth, seasons of everything in between, and knowing that it's okay to have those seasons. I know a lot of people will have this growth phase, and then they will assume that they have to keep up that growth pattern for the rest of their business or they're failing because they got to this point and they're like, well, last month I grew by this much, so I have to grow by that much, if not more than next month. And again, it goes back to that competition, whether we're in competition with others or competition with ourselves, but knowing that there is just going to be ebbs and flows in business and knowing that it is okay. And then again, going back to that lesson of enjoying where you are in that season of business. And don't you think it's a lot more difficult now with social media? Cause you can always see, oh, this person's doing this and I want to be doing that too, or oh, yeah. this person's doing that. So it, the competition is fiercer now with all of the social media and what's happening. And you don't see their failed stories or the struggles that they're enduring in their business. All you see are your own. And so whenever we are seeing all of those wins and not being reminded that they too have just as many struggles and obstacles, if not more than the wins that they're sharing, I definitely think that can get into our heads and allow that comparison game to play on and on. Yeah. So tell me, lessons learned. Give me three or four lessons learned over your lifetime or, you know, what you've learned in business or anything, any lessons learned for somebody to, to think about or take on? Yeah. Well, I actually suffered two layoffs prior to starting Fame and Fortune. And that was really the spark that allowed me to start the business and um, gave me the drive to say, I want to take my destiny into my own hands. And I want to be in charge of the situation that I am in life. I don't want to rely on other companies or other individuals to have that power over me. And so this idea of setting your mind to something and then achieving it, I've completely relate to what you said of kind of this, even family, close friends looking at you going like, you're crazy. This is, what are you doing? You need to be doing this other thing. But having that strong intuition, that strong gut pull that you're saying, no, I know this is going to work. This is what I'm meant to do. And following that, I cannot give myself enough credit for doing that because if I didn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. So really, truly stepping out and owning something when you know it's meant to be there. I am a big proponent of the, of really this idea of if you have something on your heart, it's there for a reason. It's really not going to go away anytime soon, which is why I went ahead with the podcast seven years ago, which is why I went ahead with fame and fortune three years ago. And anytime I've ever tried to stifle those intuitions or those desires on my heart, 
it only makes it harder for me. So when you have those desires, really acting on them, giving them the attention, the effort that they deserve and seeing them through. And I have found that that has never failed me. Oh, I love that. So Allie, what's next for you? Like in the next five years, where do you see yourself? Mm. I truly love what I'm doing and I really only want to help more and more people. I can see the transformations from when I'm working with a client at the very beginning until the end of our time together. And that is what motivates me to get up every morning and do what I do. And so I just hope that I can continue to do that for five years and more, many more beyond to be able to impact and help as many people get visible where they need to be online so that they can work with as many customers as they can possibly work with as well. Oh, I love it. I love what you're doing. I love your work. So tell us, where can we find you? Where are you? Where can we get those freebies? Yes, I have all the freebies and all the ways you can connect with me on my website, IWantFameFortune.com. Oh, I love that. Fame, you got FameAndFortune.com? Wow. (laughs) Fortune, yeah. (laughs) There you go, listeners. You can go find her at FameAndFortune.com. Thank you, Ellie, for being on the Brown Therapist Show. I am so excited to have had you. I'm sure you're going to create your dreams and have this amazing, you have a lot of awareness and I love what you do. And so I look forward to us also talking offline uh, a few different things. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I appreciate being on here and it was so much fun. All right. So we'll call you maybe in a few months and see where you're at and see, you know, what you're doing and what exciting things are, are coming up in your future and have you back on the show. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening.